hey, you put learning in my work. Well, you put working in my learning. Hey, tastes great. No, it's not a Reese's Peanut Butter Cup commercial. It is the current world of work-learn fusion. We're going to dive into this with the one and only Bob Mosier on this episode of the Learning Geeks podcast, starting now. Hello, 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 boyos. Welcome. Hey, Bob. Happy Welcome. day. Happy uh, Friday. We're recording this on a Friday, so yep. it's always good. Um, special welcome to our guest, Bob Mosier. Another Bob. Wow. It's my pleasure. It's great being here. Yeah, I just, oh my gosh, guys, I love the opening. Holy cow, that's uh, right up my alley. <laughs> Perfect lead into where we're going today, so that's great. Working, learning, and chocolate. That's Yeah, <laughs> and that's about need I have. Yeah, yeah. That, that, <laughs> I think that's, that's about the five Dana's. moments of need right there. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> That's fantastic. Well, you know, why don't we just go ahead and dive right into it from there. Dana, um, I'm going to ask you to kind of set this up a little bit, and then we'll chat with Bob. You bet. Yeah, glad to do that. And Bob, uh, we're just uh, thrilled and honored to have you on uh, our Learning Geeks podcast. Uh, You you and I have known each other for, I was trying to think, uh, it's at least 15 years, maybe more. I, I think remember longer than Jake's been alive. You, yeah, I think so. <laughs> Since you were about 10 years old, right? Yeah. Anyway, so I was so impressed with the thought leadership that you and, and Conrad presented that uh, it's been a joy to watch your career and watch as your thinking in uh, Five Moments of Need has evolved and the projects you've been involved in. You've been an amazing fellow. You conduct these brilliant learning jam sessions where you get a bunch of people together and you just battle over a problem. And and I know that uh, I know that there's uh, there, there's growth in that for you. So I I know you do it as a service, but I know that you personally benefit quite a bit from those idea jam sessions. So and then I've also enjoyed the the title you've had as a learning evangelist. <laughs> <laughs> which, which I think was one of the first titles I heard you had. So, so for our listening audience who hasn't haven't met Bob, Bob is he's personable, passionate, loves people, and I know you're going to feel it in our discussion today. And I think what brings us here is the you know Bob's cold Bob G's cold open uh, about how do you bring work and learning closer together. There's a, a brilliant model that uh, Bob has espoused for years. So Bob, we're just thrilled to have you here with us today. Oh my gosh! I wish my mother heard that. That was an amazing. <laughs> we can opening. send it to her. We can send her a those, copy. I, yeah. I'm worth all the all the effort she put in over all those years. I guess. Yeah. yeah. Well, no, it, it's it, Dana. It's my gosh, you guys. It's an honor being here, and and uh, I'm humbled by the in- intro. Uh, you have just been around forever, 38 years or so at this thing, and after a while, you kind of uh, get an opinion and try some things that work and things that don't, and it's kind of what what's gotten me to this place. But you know, it's funny. I, I love the idea about bringing work closer to learning or learning closer to work um, because it's always baffled me that we don't. (laughs) You know, to a learner, there is no difference there. You know, their work is learning and work learning is work. I think L and D, if I may, has, has, has done some things that that have maybe distanced us a bit by it. I don't mean maliciously by any means. I mean, it's a, we work awful hard at what we do and, and I, and I have tremendous respect for that. Uh, it's just interesting how sometimes we, we get in our own way. I think of, of bringing it back to where it lives um, and, and means the most and has the greatest impact to the learners. And that's when they're trying to get their job done every day. So 
Yeah, it's been quite a journey, my friend. Bob, why don't you start with just a little bit of a history lesson about the five moments of need? Kind of like wh- what was the sure. origin and what are they? And give us you know a little history lesson, a little overview, and, and we'll go from there. Yeah, I'd be happy to. You guys, you know, I, 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 <laughs> my pedigree is in elementary ed. Believe that? Is I, that right? I, I didn't know, I didn't know that. Is. It is. I, I have a master's degree in, in elementary education. How's that? And I got That's into it. That's why I can understand you so well. I That's have this simple I, see, mind. I never, and, yeah. I never <laughs> went higher than a fourth grade vocabulary. Well, did, did, um, you, did you spend time teaching kids before? Oh, you? five years. Yeah. Oh, really? I spent five oh, yeah. years teaching third graders. Yeah. And, oh, and um, you know, I, I got into it because my I watched my mom and sisters do it so brilliantly for years. Um, they were just gifted educators. And, and I was a terrible learner. I, you know, I, 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 boy, I fought that system forever and just didn't get why well, sitting in that row so quietly and, and, yeah. <laughs> and, 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 you know, supposedly well-behaved, um, had anything to do with learning. And so I got into education after watching my sister and my mom do it for so long. I got into it because I honestly was going to change the world. I was, I, I was going to take a look at, you know, what had hounded me for most of my, my life and see if I could bring those of us that felt a little square peg round hole um, into the whole thing, and and it, to cut fast forward way ahead, the 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 um, learning evangelist title, which I I wore at Microsoft for a number of years and things, you know, I found my way into the adult arena, and in one of the crossroads of, and you know, I, I know we you know we have many in our lives when we go through all this um, that I had was I, I I developed this really what we thought was a really strong learning model for a um, training company I was a part of in Rochester, New York. And after a lot of work and, and some great PhD folks that pounded at it and stuff, um, we got feedback back that it was just not um, working. It mm. wasn't, it wasn't, it, you know, it was people loved it and the trainer was great and they thought the lunch was yummy and all those things <laughs> in, our, in our training center, you know, and, and stuff. But when we, when we were challenged by the buyer, the, the manager of the folks, he said, you know, yeah, I talked to people when they got back and they said, you know, as much as they love you, they're they're not really sure that that all they learn works <laughs> applies right there's the word right and so we brought this really wonderful guy in named Dr. Conrad Gopherson to our organization at the time I knew of Con and seen his work um, and he said well here's the deal you're you're only meeting two of five moments of need and I said what is, what does that mean he said well there, a learner really has five moments of need that they oscillate through in a given day. And, and, and the two that you hit on, and most L&D does, is learn new and learn more. When someone doesn't know anything and you school them up, that's new. And more is when you've got something, you know, you, you, you've taken 101, right? And, and now you wanna go to 201 or 301 and the other ones. So, and those, and those are great, and those are, and those are what L&D does brilliantly and, and should continue to. But the problem is that the two things that you, the, uh, the three other needs that you're not meeting which your client has told you is the moment of apply, the moment of solve, and nowadays, um, the moment of change. Hmm. And the instructional model we had used in the classroom fell short of three of those. And that was frankly why this buyer had sent their people to us, not for a great day, good meal, or, or a lot of good knowledge. They sent them there because in the end, they wanted them to use Excel spreadsheets or whatever we were teaching. And the journey from knowing to doing we had not completed for them. And so the five moments of need was born out of that. And, and how, amazing. how has the, the uh, thinking that you and Conrad have put into this changed over the last uh, decade or so? Because the, the model's been around a while now. But it really has. How, is it, how has it evolved? Because I, you know, any model like this, you learn things and gain insights 
from experience. Yeah, it really, it really has, Dana. I, I think the, I think the biggest change are, are in two areas. One is that is our understanding of what apply really means. Um, you know, and and who to ask about it. You know, it, it's we we all bring SMEs into rooms to tell us what everyone else should know. Uh, SMEs, subject matter experts, right? And 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 we did a lot of that early on because they know the they know the end goal. But what we've learned in in the in the journey to there is that, and this is remarkable to me, that that is the reason because they are SMEs, they don't really often know the workflow well anymore. They 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 they've 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 intrinsically learned and automaticity and all these things we talk about in, in instruction, that that something that was a simple or mundane or or um, introductory level task to them, they do without breathing. They right. they just. They do it without conscious thought, right? And so when we sat down with these people to outline the workflow, Dana, what we found was that they missed a lot of it. They, mm. they really didn't. They really didn't get uh, the true representation of what the person who was going to be subjected to to become this person um, knew. So the introduction of a BME came into the world, the business matter expert, as we call them. And, and these are the folks that are that, that we want to teach. These are the folks. They, they know they know what the world of performance is. And the world they try to live in, they just don't know how to perform optimally in it yet, right? So, so the, the introduction to the BME and the, and the SME into the into the workflow learning analysis part of our of our model has has been significant. I think the other thing, of course, is technology. I mean, holy cow, we've come a long way since Clippy. <laughs> a few right. younger people on this call. Jake, by the way, Clippy was this thing that Microsoft <laughs> put into. I, I, I know what Clippy yeah, was. Okay. That's, that's, yeah. <laughs> but, you know, I was that, around for and, Clippy. Yeah, right? And the terrifying part of that was that, it, that it, it set a tone for what we now call performance support or an EPSS. And, yeah. and, and it was not a good tone. Yeah. Oh, my Lord. It, you and, know. and Bob, just to, just to clarify, Microsoft Bob was not named after you. No, no, no but I was I worked there near that time, unfortunately. <laughs> no, you know, and and and, it's and, in the same and family, you know, right? Yeah, well, you yeah. know, and and, and Robo Help and all those. Yeah. And, and by the way, I want to be careful here because those were those were at the time they were remarkable tools. Sure. But unfortunately, they like it often happens in our industry. They set an expectation for what an EPSS is, um, and what it could do, and and it and it got us rat hole data into two areas. Number one, people think performance supports only in IT, not other parts of our of the world and secondly they they don't they think that it is it's it's this thing that pops up on your screen or something that that gives you the five steps to do something and and so the the um the advancement in technology and des, and design of these systems uh, has really uh, helped the discipline take some major steps forward so bob i want to ask you about you brought up a good question or a good point around the expert and last week we were we had a uh, conversation, or our last session, we had a conversation with Lisa Christensen on cognitive apprenticeship mm-hmm. and the idea of uh, apprenticing others from a distance. And through that, that discussion, we talked about experts not necessarily being great teachers because <laughs> of that reason, exactly what you said. And so I'm thinking from everything that you've learned so far, who is the right SME? Who is the right expert that we should reach? And should we be reaching out to those guru Big time experts, or should we find someone different to help us determine that workflow um, structure? You know, it's, it's, I, I love that, Jake. It's a great question. It's it, it's really a balance of both, right? You 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 know, we, we I always tell the story of when I was doing this for a large military uh, uh, department in our country um, on leadership training, 
And so we bought, and, and, and it was, it, it had to be, a, you had to be in the organization for two years to be a leader by, by their definition, to be promoted to be a leader. And, and they wanted to revamp their leadership training. So Jake, we got these like people with a lot of stars on their shoulders and, you know, the people that had, that had been in this department forever and led multiple groups and stuff, put them in a room, filled a whole bunch of whiteboards with, with what great leadership looked like. And we happened to have in the room three um, people who were going to, who were slotted to become leaders. They were going to be taking the course, and we got about halfway through the through the morning, and, and we were cranking along, and the and the SMEs in the room were ecstatic about this, and one of the um, underlings raised his hand and goes, I, "I'd like permission to speak," which that's how they talk in that world, and and the and the people with more stars on their shoulders said, "Sure, you're welcome to it." He said, "Well, I'm just going to tell you honestly, I, this is remarkable. I would love to be this someday that you're describing, but can, I'll, I'll just be honest with you. I'm terrified about the first 30 days of my job." I don't want to get court-martialed shot or let go by doing something dangerous or, or illegal to those that report to me. And I don't see that up there right now. That was a remarkable yeah. – You should. The, the whole room took this collective sigh or gasp of and, – and, and what they realized, they looked at it and said, oh, my God, that we are – you know, yeah, we're, we're describing the quintessential leader – in this part of our of the world but the, the people that we're trying to bring in as leaders are far from that are nowhere near that journey and they're just worried about the first 30 60 90 days of leading mm-hmm. and none of that's up there you know and so so you really got to have that combination of those that are in the business have been there a bit you don't want a new hire right but have been in the business a bit to know the, the work of the business and then the person that understands that the where they want those individuals to go and, and a combination of those two things really, really does bring to light the true representation of what the workflow is for those who are trying to school up. And it feels like Maslow's hierarchy, right, where, you know, the, the learner comes in and they're at the bottom level. They just want to survive. But yep. lots of times the SMEs that we have, they're already they're all pretty, getting pretty close to self-actualization. So we need you know, to and, have and, representation and, across that whole pyramid. And Bob, this is what, and I love the pyramid thing because this yeah. goes to kind of like something passionate to me, which we call the performance support pyramid, which is this wonderful thing that what, what I love about my work now, you know, for years it was like, so who do you target, right? Do you do you do you have to build a one-on-one course or a two-on-one course or a three-on-one course, and and then you kind of walk people through these learning paths or not, or can we create an environment that caters to them all? And that's where I love the world of performance support because within that pyramid, Bob, I can hierarchically structure the resources to a given task that are remedial or, or introductory at the, at, the, at the smallest level to advanced at the highest level. And then when the learners in the workflow in the context of that performance problem, they can choose the resource that gets them to that next level, if that makes sense, right? So I can have the introductory how to, what you click on to get to a result, or I can have the more robust advanced thinking resources available for the learner that's that that wants to, to that can that has the, the cognition and the experience to perform that task at a higher level and and i can meet the needs of both taylor but one of my one of my buddies once told me when i was when i was struggling with creating a custom course he goes yeah. you're, you're he goes you're 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 dead you're dead out of the shoot he goes why he goes this <laughs> because you're not your job isn't to create custom training customization is in the eye of the custom the person who knows what they need. Right. Your right. job is to create a framework that the learner can customize yeah. to their need. If we think we architect customized or personalized learning, you got to pick. You got to pick, right? And once you do that, 
once you pick, you exclude. Right. Mm. Right. And so I love this discipline because I can understand the workflow and architect, architect a support structure that allows the, reme- the, the the beginner of learner on the journey to get a resource that's helpful to the most advanced learner on the journey who needs something more robust. So, Bob, can I want to go back to something you mentioned earlier. You mentioned the evolution of technology. Mm. Uh, and, and I'm wondering if we talk about um, some of the technologies around uh, extended reality or virtual reality. Oh, yeah. What, what do you think we'll see at the intersection of uh, moment of apply and extended reality? Yeah, well, uh, here's the thing, you guys. I, I think that I think that the beauty of that is that right now the big complaint is that we're still at a crossroads that is still too much pull. It's not enough push, right? And you get into those worlds that can take us into places and simulations and worlds and 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 resources that we we can't get to today. Right. So I think these kinds of technologies are going to allow us allow us through, you know, Elliot's talked for years, Dana, right, about about data, you know, and, and, and I still don't think our industry gets it and, and, and knows how to how to tap into that and use it with technologies like you mentioned to truly, you know, architect and push and, and, and guide learners into places that they, they, they don't know to go. Um, and so I think the as, as these things mature and the data catches up to the technologies that can enable things like that, we're going to be in, in just a, a, a remarkable yeah. place. Yeah. Well, I think I've thought about it for years and it's as excited as I am for virtual reality for learning, which I am. You know, finally, now we're at the place where a lot of people have virtual reality headsets and they're, yep. they're very accessible and you know, Hey, here's mine. It's right within reach. Yeah, mine's um, back here. Yeah. Mine, mine's over here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Aug- augmented reality is a little bit different. You know, I have my Microsoft HoloLens 2 and it is stashed away in my right. closet because there's n- not much to do with it yet, but it, it's eventually going to get there. I think of VR as more of a tool for, um, you know, for, for time away from work learning engagements, but augmented reality, that's where the real EPSS system comes in and now it's going to be really stunning, gonna right? Yeah, it, it's yeah. Gonna, and, and I've seen some, and, and again, like anything else, guys, like the technology, the budgets, <laughs> the the skill sets have to catch up. I mean, I saw some remarkable work in that done in an airline in Europe when I was overseas, when you could, um, before all this mess. And and I saw them training, ooh, look at that, Kappa. I saw them training <laughs> um, this uh, these these forklift workers and people that had to, had to move massive, massive amount of, of, of shipping. Yeah. dangerously through a warehouse, out onto a tarmac, around you know people, weather, cats, things like that that could be potentially out there. By the by, the way, since we are an audio podcast, but we can see each other as we're recording this, just so you know, my cat has jumped on top of my Star Wars pinball machine, where he is not supposed to be. So I'm bringing it into context here. I'm bringing it exactly. into, the, into the thing, you know. So, so, so the, the the question was: This is so they're moving heavy equipment. They're moving super expensive, you know, packaging and such, right? So, so they had created this remarkable virtual augmented world to train them and safely in what was a you know in the old days they wrecked things and broke stuff and you know did all kinds of things that were costly and hurtful. Um, but again, it, it, I remember leaving that going, man, that was remarkable. But at the same time, I, I then tried to put it in context of like leadership training or mm-hmm. using the CRM or, you know, and, I, and I'm like, oh, my gosh, we're so far from that in in 
in, in what I think we can mass scale and mass produce and, 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 and in an L&D department have the, the skill set to, to even envision or design. But, when we, but we're, we're going to get there. I mean, we're, we're, you know, I remember laser disc players. Jake, that was a technology we used to have a long time ago. We put these really big discs. We used to call it interruptive video <laughs> instead of interactive video. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's funny. It's so, really amazing. So I've seen you share these concepts in a variety of settings, and, and it's they're always very well received, right? And I think people can, can resonate with uh, the five moments of need. The, the question I have, and I think this is the, the, the big question, is how in the world do you do it? How in yeah. the world do you get to that level? I mean, so if, how do we if, take the moment of apply into the moment of apply? Exactly. It's very, right. very meta, exactly. Dana. It's meta, yeah. 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 Well, it, 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 it's, it's one of those – here's the thing, Dana. That another one of my learnings in life is that, you know, Connie has a great expression called don't boil the ocean. You know, and I used to try that all the time. I, I as an L&D designer, I, what I learned about us, you guys, is we're, we're wired to think in big chunks. We <laughs> use words like curriculum, yeah. uh, course, le- even lesson is a big chunk. Lesson's a big chunk size, right? And, and, and so believe it or not, Jan, Dan, what I've learned is – and I used, to, I used to go for that. I used to go into – I used to go in an organization and say, look, let's, 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 put, let's put the five moments of need around your leadership curriculum. That's boiling the ocean. Um, it's too much of an of a of, a, of an emotional and a and an instructional change, and if technology is involved, that as well for most organizations to make that leap. What I've learned is that you can go go after a performance problem, like a performance thing that's happening in the workflow. Build performance support and and, and tools and, and resources around it. Sometimes as simple as a PDF, to be honest, or a job aid, to be honest, because you you've got to get you've got to get um, organizational will around this to understand what it is. So you, you, you crawl, walk, run into this by, by taking on um, small and manageable performance issues and build a, the, the architecture to, to support those. One, one, one of my favorite stories is one organization we, we went on to, to help them build, really shift to an entire architecture of this, including technology eventually. But the first product we built was helping their sales reps fill out their expense reports correctly. <laughs> Because because they you know we, we, we sat down with, with yeah. the managers and said look what keeps you up at night what drives you crazy they all unanimously said we our sales reps don't turn their expense reports in at time and it drives and it drives us crazy they just we trained them we've you know we can't get them to do it right I said well what if we ran, what if we just run at that let's let's yeah. just run at that and and build a way let's not train them again they're they're smart folks let's build a way that they can on their own in the workflow do it and and, and we built this very small guide. Took, but here's the thing, Dana. Once they saw that, they're like, "I want nine more of those." And and by the way, if we can tackle expense reports, let's tackle um, closing a sale. Yeah. <laughs> let's go after mm-hmm. something that's a bigger fish here, yeah. right? And, yeah. and 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 we and we crawl, walk, ran into that organization to now they are very steeped in the discipline, have purchased a very robust technology to host all that. But but that but they're four years into this journey now, though, right? So it's it's really a it's really a crawl, walk, run for all the stakeholders because it, it's a change. And what impact has that had on their curriculum and courses? And I mean, has there been? Well, here's the here's my favorite part. They don't even use those words anymore. Wow. They don't have curriculum or courses, <laughs> wow. right? They, wow. they, 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 right? Isn't that the best, right? They, yeah. they, they, when they when they when people walk in this gentleman's office now, they go and then they call it. Um, they I want to use their brand, but they they branded it a a thing, right? And and and, when, and now people walk in going, "Can you build me another blah blah blah?" 
you know, to add yeah. to the to add to the dashboard, and I am not, I'm not, I'm, I'm, I unfortunately have to skip the words they would no, use to fill yeah. in it because, oh, right? Because yeah. they brand, they used to walk in five years ago and say, I need five days of training on sales, yeah, mm-hmm. or I need sixty learnings on blah blah blah. They don't even use that vocabulary anymore, and and oh by the way, they still have some classes and some e learning, but 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 it it's it's flipped the tip of the sword, and the and the the, the, the pivot is on performance. And, and, and performance first and the tools that get you there quicker. And then if you got to, you train them. <laughs> I mean, yeah. think about that. That's really an inverted approach to an L&D. We automatically train first. We sit in a room with SMEs to create a course. We even we say that before we've even put pen to paper. Whereas, you know, in this organization now, they, they, they run it learning performance issues and problems. Um, and then if training fits to help that journey, they do it. Years ago, I remember a, a conference session I was at with John C. Lee Brown, where he was presenting, and he told this story. I'm not going to get it exactly right, but you'll get the essence of it. He said that uh, he went into his boss's office, and his boss said, "I need training on uh, on repairs for my, my copy repair guys. Just they're not doing their job. I, I need training on it." And he said, "Before we go there, let me do research." He goes, "No, I need this training." He goes, "Give me two weeks." So he went and he had his uh, people worked with him ride along with the copy technicians, ask them questions, observe what they're doing. And uh, he he went back into his boss's office and put a report down on the desk. And it said, um, he said, what's this? He goes, you don't need training. He goes, well, what do you mean? He said, give them their breaks back. Because what had <laughs> happened is they used to have breaks where they'd get together in a room and they'd say, oh, you know, I got that XB83 over there. And oh, you should have seen the paper jam on that puppy. Right. And, yeah, yeah. and then they talk about how and, and then they'd go back and they would do their work. That social interaction and that social learning went away and it was nothing that was structured. It was just like, you know, the guys getting together and talking about problems. See, and Dana, and Dana this is the, so this is what we do, right? We do, if, if I can get very operational, right? We do what we call rapid workflow analysis because we have to know the flow of the work before we know what to, how to intervene in it, right? And by the way, I'm not talking about course, class, anything yet, right? We got to understand. We got to understand that. Then we have to understand. Then we do something called um, critical skills analysis, which is all all tasks and skills are not created equal. Some have, and and, and, it's, and it's, if it's performance based, it's all based on outcomes. Some have a have a more critical outcome if they if you fail at them than others. That's, that's going to come into play in just a moment when I get to architecting the solution. The next thing we do is what we call learning asset analysis, which is, to your point, what gets people home every day? What, what, is, what exists? And by the way, when we do learning asset analysis, we don't just go into our group and say, you guys, what do we have in our curriculum and on our LMS? Right. We go to the learner and say, when you guys are surviving in the workflow, and they'll go, we take in breaks. <laughs> in yeah. the breaks, we meet, we do this great right. powwow thing. Right. And, well, guess what? That is a learning asset analysis in the workflow that, 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 will, that crushes any classroom we could write. Yeah, because you can't right, sign so, up for that on an LMS, right? Right, right, yeah. right. I mean, so so yeah, so yeah, you 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 understand that that landscape, and then and then I'm going to oversimplify. You build as much using those things you found in the workflow that were effective. First, you architect a structure in which those are consumed, found early, and kept current, and and then and then if if anything's still lying around on the floor, you train it. <laughs> you train <laughs> them on it, right? And 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 it it, it really. It, it, I have an advanced degree in education. I have a master's in the United States in, in education, and nobody talked about this in my eight years of higher ed. <laughs> not a word, not a PowerPoint, not a book, not a lesson, not a course. It was never uttered in my, in my pedigree. And, and, and since I made this pivot 10, 15 years ago intentionally, I've, I've just never looked back. 
at a dear friend of ours um, says, you know, once you've seen this, it's hard to look away. You know, and and mm-hmm. and that's that's the and I I remember the day I watched Khan do this, Dana. I remember watching him do it, and and I was still not there yet. I was a little terrified and resistant, but I do remember losing sleep that night, going, "How do I go back and just make courses anymore?" Yeah, right. How do I go right? back and how, not how do, not remember what I just saw? Right now you that I saw I've the seen Matrix. What it, yeah. Right, and yeah, I, I don't know if I can get there yet. To your question earlier, right? I'm still I'm still a newbie, green at this, but now that I've seen that, how do I ethically? Go back yeah. and, and just start cranking courses out again. You know, since you've seen it, you you can't go back. There are mm-hmm. a lot of people in this profession that are unfortunately feel like they're stuck in either creating e-learnings or creating courses, and that's mm-hmm. what they do. Mm-hmm. And then there's also people that feel helpless, like they don't know, how do I get to that level that Bob's saying, like, how do I make any influence or impact when I'm just the developer on this e-learning? Yeah. So from, from, I know you have taught and, and worked with so many people across the spectrum in this field. Like, what advice do you give to these folks that feel like they can start to make the door and even be influencers to move to a, a model that's less about just course development? Great question, Jake. Um, very ahead for your age. You know, um, <laughs> it... it <laughs> I'm just going to ride that pony home. You are going to ride it. it. Yeah. Third time funny. This is great. I'm yeah. almost 40. So, I mean, come on. Oh, my God. Oh, my goodness. Almost 40. Yeah. Wow. Um, so, anyway, I'm going to give you two answers. And one of them is going to be kind of harsh, to be honest with you. You know, I, I, I get this all the time. I call it I call it the whining syndrome, right? And And what I want people to understand in life is you are where you are because you chose to be there. Nobody went up to you and said, you got to work for Exxon. You got to work for Kodak. You got to work for, for, you know, you took the job. Yeah, <laughs> you know, and and, and I, I want to be awful careful here, but but some, but one of the things I say, Jake, honestly, is you have to be in a place where this is going to work. You, you have to be in a place where, mm-hmm. where 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 people might be receptive to it. And sometimes I. I'm, I'm stepping way back to the beginning of the of the, que- of the answer to the question, and sometimes I say, "Look, you've got to find the you've got to find the match in the place and the in the culture for you, where where you're allowed to to have the conversations that you that you that you have to have." Now, temper that with that. Sometimes I say, "Look, before you jump, though, before you because I'm not saying just jump ship, because maybe you are the, you are your own problem. Maybe you are you, you are your own fault." Right. When, when I when I a lot of times I get people who say, you know, all I am is an order taker. I am sick of just being an order taker. I say, well, have you looked at your menu lately? And they're like, what, 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 what do you mean? I said, well, look, if you're if people only order off the menu what they think you'll deliver. Ever thought about that? Right. And so if you're an order taker, maybe maybe part of that is is a culture and a mindset we in L&D have created. Right. Mm-hmm. So if you want to get out of the order taking business, stop ordering. You got, you got to mix up your menu. You got you've got to it, and it starts by, he, by, by having I, Dana. I love your I love, love, love the, the scenario you just gave, because I, I, I challenge anyone to not be able to have the courage and the professionalism to do what you what that brave L&D person that yeah, the guy you just mentioned earlier did, which was when the person came in with the order, they said, well, you know what? I'm a, you're coming to me because I'm a learning professional and you want me to create something that you obviously can't on your own or you would have, you, you don't come in here. So can I ask a couple questions first before we keep going? 
can I can I maybe change the conversation a bit? Give me two weeks to analyze the situation, and I promise to come back with something better than than you than you than you, you came in here. You know what I mean? We we don't we don't courageously take those steps. We 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 have, we've fallen into a world of passivity, to be honest with you. And and because our courses were so spectacular, our LMS stood up so well, we we at the same time painted ourselves into these into this training corner that that we we that we were comfortable in and and don't risk enough to 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 push our way out of it was it uh, guys I, I sit here comfortable with this conversation but 15 years ago i was terrified as anybody mm-hmm. I, I dan i always tell the story elliot brought us into his get this it was this is this is case in point elliot, elliot brought us into saratoga springs to teach the first performance support workshop a month after our first book was released on performance support con and i so we said, oh my gosh, this is gonna be great. So we fly into Saratoga, we get about 30 scary people into our, in our room and we start, we go to start the day and we go do the round the room thing about why are you here? And, 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 and like the third or fourth person goes, well, I guess to be honest with you, I'm excited to be here because I can't wait to see the performance support you guys have for this course. <laughs> and you're like, oh. I mean, I mean, I mean, I mean it's, like, it's like you guys, you are the guys. Right. And so obviously this, is gonna, this, this experience is gonna be like the most remarkable performance embedded thing that I've ever experienced. And I literally looked over at Khan. He's sitting to my side and I went, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I got no, I got nothing. I mean, we, we literally, we literally had just written the book on performance support. And when asked to teach it, we got PowerPoints and a course. We made PowerPoints in a course. Yeah. 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 Right. So, so where I'm going, you guys is you have to know thyself and yeah. our D we are so wired our DNAs are so wired that we fell back on the traditional model when asked to teach about one that broke it. You know, so did it help, Jake? Was that a great no, story? That's a, it's, it's a, a great story. story. It, it's a great story. It, it's a great lesson, I think, for, for many folks. And even we myself. We're all just, guilty of charge. On yeah, no, exactly. Oh, my God. You yeah. know, my dad always said, a pig with lipstick still a pig, you know? <laughs> so, yeah. You know, it's an old expression, right? But. You know, and I can't tell you how many people I've taught, you know, how to design performance support, and they ran off and came back with different training, with pretty training, right. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> not performance support. So, you know, it's a it is a journey for all of us, and I get it. I mean, I totally get it. And Dana, your question earlier about you know crawl walk running into it is fair. I, I used to be like, damn the torpedoes, just drop the one and do this. Well, you know, it's not how it works. There's a lot of change ahead. To, to change and to get an organization to work this way. So Bob, we're coming up on our uh, on our time. Just uh, two things. First of all, if people want to get in touch with you, what's the best way to do that? Oh, and, by all means, yeah. Yeah, and then secondly, um, any last words of wisdom before we uh, sign off? Yeah. Uh, um, okay. So uh, Bob Mosier, Bob at ApplySynergies.com is my um, email, apply synergies, two words, long words together. You never think of names to spell them out in emails when you, come, when you name a company. <laughs> um, go for like bob at b.com instead of apply synergies, <laughs> right. but um, that's my email. And guys, I'm going to end this with, with every time I ask this, Dana, and I, every workshop I ever taught, when I used to do a train the trainer workshop for like 15 or 20 years, you know, and my, my greatest, I have a lot of heroes in my life, Danny, or one of them, and and others who've been I'm blessed to know and have shaped who I am here today. But the biggest one is my mom. She, like I said earlier, she was a 30-something year school teacher. Um, and, I, and what we talked about today is is change. This is hard. You know, this is this is a mindset shift for us. It's a, it, but it is equally for our learners. It is it is for our the enterprises we support. This is this is not for the faint of heart. 
but the, the, but the rewards are, are remarkable. And so I was at this moment in my career when I just started teaching. I was teaching third grade in Warsaw, New York, and I had just finished my master's on how to integrate computers into public education, and they had not been yet. And it was my master's thesis, and I got an A. By the way, it's really good. <laughs> and so I proudly, I proudly um, and, and traded was, it into my. And your my, mom was proud of that. And yeah. she was proud. And I traded it into my district to 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 have them adopt it. So they paid for my education, and it was good stuff. And and I, to, long story short, it didn't go well. Let's put it that way. And I left that board meeting uh, almost in tears. I mean, literally, I was just so angry at the world for them not thinking I was great. And so I called my mom. Um, as I often do, and I gave her this whole story about how horrifically terrible I'd been treated and closed-minded my district was, and she said, so, you know, let me, which answer do you want? And I said, what do you mean, which answer do I want? She goes, well, do you want the mom answer or the right, an- or the, or the right answer? <laughs> I said, well, I, I actually prefer the mom answer, if you don't mind. And she goes, well, sweetheart, you're right. You're smart. You're right. I'm so, I'm so proud of you. They're wrong. You're right. And I said, well, terrific. I said, so what's the right answer, mom? And she goes, well, here's the thing. Uh, you don't get it in education, Bob. And she said, here's the thing, you know, although there will be revolutionary things in education, and I think we're talking about one today, she said they'll only be adopted in an evolutionary way. And I've never forgotten that moment, Dana, to this day, because, you know, you're turning an ocean line around here that's, that's, that's been chugging along for a long time. And if you think it turns on a dime, you're going to upset a lot of people and things. Um, and the horse will buck, as it did for me in Warsaw, New York in 1983, right? And so I have learned that the organizations I've helped do this and the, and the designers I've helped get there, we, we've evolved into it mm-hmm. in a way that they're ready for, the learners are ready for, um, and the organization's ready for. And, and that's, not the, that's not a bad thing because in the end, you get change. Um, and, and I didn't in, in my earlier efforts, so... Well, Bob, it's been a delight to have you here, and and it's clear that uh, there's a lot more we could be discussing on this topic, but I'm hoping that our listeners have have gotten a feel for the five moments of need and some of the challenges around there, and again, it's always uh, exciting to to chat with you. So thanks for joining us. Well, it's an honor being here. Thanks so much for inviting me. Yeah. Be well and safe. <clears throat> Ton of wisdom. We'll, we'll have you again, Bob, and that time we'll talk more about Star Wars and Let's do cats. it. <laughs> <laughs> That would be good. And we'll pick on Jake more. That'd be great. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's fine. I'm okay with it. <laughs> that's the three first. So uh, thanks, everybody. Thanks again, Bob. And to all of our listeners, make sure that you ping us on the socials. We'll keep the conversation going. Uh, meanwhile, stay tuned for the next episode of The Learning Geeks coming really, really soon. And thanks for being here. We'll see you soon. Bye. Take care. Thanks, all. So.